You know what did it for me is that when I look back over the, I've been doing this like retrospective in my mind about Kanye, you know, the last 20 years. Yeah. And what I recognize is that before Kanye singing on that album, you only really had like Andre 3000 on Hey Ya singing a little bit. And like one or two other rappers trying to sing here and there, but not being serious about it. And this fool, someone sing the whole album. Yeah. He got destroyed in the public. They're like, you're an idiot. Yeah. And then he inspired Drake. Yeah, everybody started doing it. Yeah. Everybody started doing it. That's, that's <laughs> basic rap now. Every rapper sings and raps now. So I'm like, if you can change the, an entire genre all by yourself, I got to give you credit for that. So I've been yeah. listening to the songs. I'm like, all right, dude. Like, I get what you're doing now. I, I got now, it. Was, was, did he do that before CeeLo? Did he do that before CeeLo went Nars? Nars no, no CeeLo was done in 2004. Absolutely. Okay. The thing about CeeLo is, because he came from Goody Mob, he was singing back then. I think we talked him more as a singer than a rapper. I mean, I thought more as a singer than a rapper. He was uh, trying. I, I didn't. He did. He tried to. I thought he was trying to sing. And he was a rapper though. Like he had bars. Like he was to me. He had the best bars on out of whole, the whole Goody Mob. No, that's true. That's true. Honestly, he got probably the best bars. He's up there to me with Big Boy and Andre. You know. No, I think that's true. I just think he wasn't working out for him. Like like Pharrell Mosh, you know, and and you know those guys. It's, you can be great and not have anybody caring about it. Yeah, yeah, nobody gave two craps nobody about Hilo Green. But no, Barkley was international. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So you but guys, it, but, go ahead. But I was just saying, I think you appreciate that this is one song with Travis Scott, and I heard, I kept thinking, why does it sound so familiar? And he's he's using Kanye's lyrical melody to make the beat, which is mm. crazy. It's like it's like I can't even do it, but it's it's like I kept thinking, what is this? And I replayed Paranoid. I'm like, it's Paranoid. So, like send me that song because um, I don't generally mess with. But send, send me that song. It's, um, it's easy to remember. It's 90210. I'll, I'll put it in the chat. <laughs> I thought it was a, a new got, song, but it turned out it's actually on his first album from years ago. You guys might have noticed that I started recording, by the way, FYI. That's cool. Emily, how could you do that without telling us? So I'm currently hooked on 90210 like, like a fool. You know, five years after the fact, I was already behind the game before, but anyway, I, I'm really enjoying it. Word up. I was. I had to tell you guys that it was recording because I was afraid Maurice was going to play the song, <laughs> <laughs> and then we were going to have to oh, like the copyright issues. Pay them license fees. Yeah, exactly. I actually just had a conversation with like a lawyer from. I'm assuming he's a lawyer from ABC about licensing Schoolhouse Rock. They're not going to probably let us have it. Um, so we wanted to try to license. Um, I'm just a bill because one of the our interviews subjects sings it and sings it really well um but so, so many of our our interview guests mention schoolhouse rock as being influential and part of their their civics education so i really wanted to try to get um i'm just a bill license so that we could have him singing it on the show but it looks like it's not to be unfortunately i just uh, push, uh, we got the presidency we're all right <laughs> All right. Speaking of the presidency, let's let's move on from Kanye because yeah, he's not our president. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Dang. And I voted. Twenty twenty four. It's gonna be Kanye and Trump. Twenty twenty four. Oh God, you guys. Probably Trump is yeah. probably gonna run again in twenty twenty four. You know what? He probably will. And if he Trump's puts Kanye on the ticket, he's gonna win. Twenty twenty four. Trump's gonna he be is. dead in twenty twenty four. Trump will he's never not. die. <laughs> he's gonna be one hundred and seventeen years old. Still talking about MAGA. Are you, are you saying he's a vampire? No, I'm saying that sociopathic people tend to outlive really nice people. Because yeah. nice people stress about people's feelings and then they have heart attacks. Whereas if you don't care about anybody in the room, you're going to live and live and live and live. And that's Trump. I mean, out of all the people who were involved in this election, the one who most looks like they drink blood is Mike Pence. <laughs> so. That's funny you said that. This if anybody's going to be a vampire, it'd be him. <laughs> this is TV show called... Um, uh, splitting image. I mean, I think Johnny's old enough to remember this. There used to be a show back in like the 90s that was like puppets and it was like political and they would have like these really grotesque puppets like Reagan and I, it's hard to describe, but it, they looked like the real people, but they were like all twisted. Anyway, apparently it's bad. And I just saw a, a part of an episode tonight and he had Pence on there and he had like gray skin and like pointy ears. I'm like, <laughs> he does look kind of vampire. Yeah. Johnny's going to Oh, go ahead, Johnny. No, I was gonna say he definitely looked like he drinks blood. <laughs> Sleeps in a coffin. <laughs> Not with his wife, though, because that's immoral. <laughs> oh. Well, I won't make the, the joke I was gonna make. Um, but so okay, so a lot's happened in the last week. We had three live episodes on Tuesday. So we were just talking on Tuesday and 
and people seem to really enjoy those um, those episodes. Well, I don't know if they enjoyed them. They listened to them, but you know, tell us if you enjoyed them or not, please, because we're doing it again and we will stop maybe if you hated it or we'll keep doing it if you liked it. Um, but we're trying this out. We're going to do another live episode and um, I should probably give everyone a heads up, everyone listening, our audience, that we're going to go from weekly episodes to monthly. We are going to have some bonus content in there to kind of, uh, you know, keep you guys entertained in between our regular episodes. But um, our production schedule is going to change up a bit because it was never sustainable at weekly. So we may do a couple more of these live episodes just to kind of sustain, you know, people's interests and in, in what we have to say um, to be completely callous and upfront about it. So I think Jody is like outside in the Pacific time zone right now. So he got the song on top of his face. <laughs> now I have this light that's like, <laughs> directly in my face getting, getting <laughs> like a spotlight up. i feel like i'm on the police interrogation like the aliens the aliens are gonna <laughs> pick you up to the space shuttle exactly space <laughs> <laughs> okay so like so what was how, what's been the last couple of days like for y'all what has the last couple of days been like for y'all how are you feeling well i was so i'm looking at this map on npr.org the website and they are sort of conservative in terms of their um, uh, ballot counting, you know, uh, indications. So they'll have a state as like a light blue if if um, Biden is leading, and then it'll be like a solid blue if it's uh, if Biden has won, and then the same for Trump, light like a light blue, a pale blue, uh, pale red, and then a solid red. And so I was like watching. It was first it was Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida, all were like a light red and North Carolina, all like a light red. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be scary because if if Trump pulls these states out, then that's it. He's president. And then like just watching it slowly. And then I started like watching the count. And like in Georgia, it was like 40,000 uh, Biden is behind. Then I look again. 14,000 he's behind and I look again he's behind 4,000 and then I wake up this morning he's up by like 3,000 you know <laughs> it's like yes and like in uh, Pennsylvania the same thing so I've just been kind of watching the horse race watching them come around the bend come around the turn down the final stretch you know I love that you put it in gambling terms <laughs> got to got to oh by the way in in Louisiana we can now sports gamble sports yes I'll be doing it <laughs> and Lots you have to give me it. all of your winnings based on our <laughs> based on our uh, agreement, right? In one of the episodes, since I voted what? for it, remember? Oh, uh, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Sure you did. Sure you did. I'll play it back. I'll play it back. Pixel, um, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Maurice, what about you? Like, what have you been watching? What have you been, you've been keeping track of? I'm having a great week because of Twitter and because of Fox News, who has been like me the unexpected hero of this entire election season. I mean, I'm just shocked, like, to turn it on, like, late Tuesday night or whatever, Wednesday, and, like, they already had called Arizona, and then to hear about the frustration in the Trump campaign, they're screaming and yelling, how are you going to call it against us? Then last night, I was like, you know, I'm going to, like, watch some of, the, some of their main um, opinion commentators and see what they have to say about all this. So I watched a little bit of Tucker Carlson and a little bit of Hannity, and Hannity was so mad. He was like, our um, decision desk is a bunch of busters. I can't stand them. I'm like, oh yeah, it's infighting inside of Fox because the news side is doing the right thing. The opinion guys are trying to make Trump look good. And so I'm seeing that internal battle, which to me is hilarious. And then like watching the Republican party, like seeing Mitch McConnell, you know, who we can't stand, but seeing like reasonable things, like, look, we gotta count the, the votes fairly, count the legitimate votes, yada, yada, yada. And then so, you know, people like, like Ted Cruz being like, there's a fraud being committed. You know, Tucker Carlson saying the same thing. Uh, Ivanka saying that, um, Donald Jr. saying that. And so it's just, you can just like see like them trying to gaslight us constantly. And I see it not working. And I just think about all these different uh, like films that I've seen, like the villain refuses to die. Like I, um, we just rewatched Die Hard this week. So, you know, at the end, Hans Gruber's like, he gets shot, he goes over the side. And you're like, yes, the movie's over. And then next thing you know, he comes back over the edge. He's like, and then, and then he gets hit again. He goes, or like in, um, Terminator 2, when T2 gets thrown into the lava at the end, and he keeps trying to bubble out of it over and over again. Or like in uh, um, uh, Monty oh. Python, when the knight is trying to fight, and he like he gets his arm cut off, and his legs cover, he keeps, 
We're just going to rename this podcast. Maurice spoils old movies for you. <laughs> you know what? If they ain't seen it yet, I mean, 30 and 40 year old films, what can I say? Monty but Python the point is, hilarious. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the fact that we've been gaslit and lied to and manipulated by this president so much over the past four years. And for the most part, he's gotten away with it. It's worked. It's convinced his followers that he's a good person and a good president. And here at the very end of it, it's just not working. Even his like court challenges are working. So I'm just like, dude, he he's being a sucker in front of the entire world, and I'm just laughing my butt off the entire time. Yeah, but his base is still for him. They're still with him. Like I was talking to a guy earlier today who was like a die-hard Trumper, and um, he's like, I'm done with Fox News. I'm never gonna watch them again. <laughs> you know? he's, well, he's done with the tool that gaslit him. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see, like you know, like if he's done with the propaganda that got him into the Trump, you know, cult then maybe yeah, but he's he's going to go to probably like Breitbart or something like that next. Well, <laughs> yeah. if he's going to go to Breitbart, there was no saving him from the cult. To oh, be no, honest he's, with you. This dude cannot be saved. This was not a save situation. Yeah. This dude is a diehard conservative, diehard Trumper. I, what I love is all of the mayors just like talking smack on the news about Trump, you know, being like, oh, he's going to put his big, big point pants on. And, like, <laughs> and then um, what's his name? Um, Cooper. Um, Anderson Cooper, Anderson Cooper. Um, just like calling him out, you know, and, and all that stuff. I mean, I wish this was hap- this had happened four years ago. Like I wish right after his election, like people had just been like, no, you know, we're going to call this shit out. You know, I guess I have to mark this explicit. And it's always me that opens that door, the cursing door. <laughs> Potty mouth. <laughs> Dang it. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I, this whole week for me has been basically like two things. It's been like kind of peeking into Twitter from time to time and kind of taking the, the sort of like temperature of the room, you know, the, the, the Twitter room as it were. And then the thread that I have going with the two of you, (laughs) you know, like, like listening to what the two of you have been saying, kind of like, I've been, I, I, I could not look directly at any news sources this week. I just didn't have the stamina for it. So I've been sort of like holding up the mirror of Twitter, holding up the mirror of the two of you and, and like, like appreciating the news through the lens of you guys. Yeah. I don't think Twitter is where you want to be. I mean, they're going crazy on Twitter, boy. Like, the oh, Trump side is like, oh, they are incensed. <laughs> so filtered, though. I mean, it's so filtered for me because, like, I've done a pretty good job of curating on both our podcast Twitter and on my personal Twitter. So I have people who are, like, pretty smart, pretty funny, um, very liberal and progressive. So <laughs> I only occasionally see, like, you know, some Proud Boys you know you, you should go on there and check them out they're funny they're they're hilarious <laughs> they're very angry <laughs> well you can feel free to send them to me DM them to me but i'm not going to go looking for them i bet I, I don't i don't hate myself that much <laughs> well i think I've, I've been enjoying twitter because i'm a member of petty twitter and they've been dragging trump so hard today it's just been a, a wonderful pleasure to see it um i actually want to screen share something for a second if we got yeah, here, let me make you a co-host so you can... Make me a coast. Screenshot, that'll go over well on the podcast. Well, you know, one day we <laughs> we may... we may. So for everyone who's listening, when we do these... Um, when we do these live episodes, we're doing them on Zoom instead of our usual audio-only Zencaster. Um, so we can see each other, whereas we, we, we normally can't. Or as so, the case may be, we might be able to see each other's screens. <laughs> I decided to turn oh, myself into a, into a meme. <laughs> I saw that one. And I, I put it in all my accounts. And it's just, just people who can't see it. Um, there's a picture of me um, making a very awkward, funny, uh, snarky face. And I'm just saying, Trump blew a 23, uh, 28-3 lead. And for anybody who knows Atlanta, the Falcons, or New Orleans <laughs> Saints, you know what I'm talking about. And just being a part of Petty Twitter has been a great pleasure today because people are making that kind of product all day long. You know, it's but the best response to that I think was the was the the Grinch, where you look yes. just like you look just like the Grinch. So, <laughs> if look him up on Twitter, Maurice Carlos Ruffin, and or look him up on any social media, and you'll find it because he he has cross posted it. But um that is the best one if you if you don't have the time or if you forget to look it up on social media just picture the Grinch like making like a dev, like that sort of like devilish like you know smile and that that's Maurice basically 
Trump blew a 28 to three lead. I mean, it's just like this, just, it's just, so, it's so absurd. Like if it wasn't so scary, it would just be something I'd be laughing about constantly because like even that point, somebody posted um, a video of Trump supporters in Philadelphia saying stop the count. And then a video of Trump supporters, I'm thinking of Arizona saying yeah. start the count. Yeah, keep counting. <laughs> keep counting. So it's like, and then, and then one of the writers from uh, Veep, you know, that, that TV show um, starring, um, Julia Dreyfus. Uh, Julia yeah, Julia Dreyfus, right? So then one of the writers said, we actually did this in one of our episodes. Now, I haven't seen the late seasons, but I'm not surprised that they would have done that. So it's like this. That's what Trump got it from, probably. He I'm, sure, all his I'm sure these people TV. were like, yo, let's just do this thing. So <laughs> Are you going to watch the, the late seasons now? <laughs> I will. I like the show a lot. I just I went on, on hiatus for a little while. You're not a completionist like me, typically. No, you, I have to really be like totally into it. Yeah. Yeah, the one show that I you really need to to watch all the way through is The Good Place, I think, that I've ever seen. That's the hardest show. thing I've been on this year is J- Japan Sinks 2020. <laughs> it's, an, it's an anime about Japan sinking due to a volcanic mechan- eruption in 2020, how the characters respond to it. And I, I'll even admit, I won't spoil it, but I'll say, like, the first half is like 12 episodes. I was like, this is kind of okay. It's cool artwork. The sound design is great. And then in the last, like, half it just picks up and I'm like oh my god it's like the best thing i've seen this year just about <laughs> that's Japan cool. sinks yep okay what's a lot of anime, anime nowadays yeah I, I, I watch a lot of anime i love anime i, I watch more um action oriented anime though martial arts and fighting type anime but you know whatever's good a good story i'm down with you know good story and a good fight so speaking of when do we think that we're going to get all of those breaking news alerts that finally call it because like my Yahoo sign in screen is still stuck with like Biden, like, like under by like six electoral votes, you know? Well, I know they're waiting on the military mail-ins or absentees, whatever in Georgia. Um, I mean, hopefully it won't even matter what happens in Georgia because Georgia, with all those military votes, might swing back to Trump. But hopefully it won't matter because Biden is up by like, what, 20,000 or something like that in Pennsylvania. Why do people think that the military, the absentee military votes are going to go to Trump? Because the military is generally conservative, at least in terms of their voting patterns. Like when I was in the military and I would actually talk to dudes like so I went on his website. I can't remember the name of it, um, but it would ask you a bunch of questions about policies. And and when you were done answering all the questions, it would tell you who you should vote for based on. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, I think that was it. And so I would I would take these dudes who were like these staunch conservatives and we go through them, you know, and and they would usually come out with like some Democratic candidate, you know, (laughs) and they'd be like, what? No, there's no, you know, they, you know, but um, but they vote conservative, even if they actually are not, you know. Yeah, but after like Trump, what Trump's said about like you know the military dead and and veterans and all they don't care like john mccain he ripped john mccain who's you know a war hero and like if you're a conservative if you love the military so much and this that and the other and america and all of that you would not stand for him doing what he did to john mccain but they were all for it and in fact goody for him because that's why he lost arizona Trump was smart in Florida and dumb in Arizona. To answer your question, when they're going to call it, I'm going to be conservative, and I'm going to say they may not call this thing until Monday. Why do you got to be the conservative over there? <laughs> well, because you know I was very bullish. You know, I have to remind the audience that I was very, very bullish on like this whole landslide election. And although that that hasn't happened, there've been a lot of pleasant surprises. I mean, oh my goodness, you know, Stacey Abrams in Georgia. We have to give her super credit because yep. she was relentless. Yep. And between her and all those activists who were just working their butts off the entire, you know, two years, four years, um, I got to give a shout out to like all my New Orleans expats who left the city during our brain drain era in post Katrina and went to Atlanta and they, they live in that area now. They add to the vote count. So it's just kind of like, you know what, this is a wonderful thing to see. And then on top of that, you know, Democrats are like so nervous about like losing the election or like not getting the Senate and all that. But look, we got the blue wall back. You know, I put on Twitter, Joe Biden built the blue wall, a beautiful blue wall, and made Trump pay for it. We got the whole freaking wall back. We, we apparently get in Arizona and Georgia, and 
you know, they, they got Florida. That was the only thing that he got that he See, got the first time. I wonder if we got the ball back. Is that me? Is that my I think it's Maurice. Oh, okay. No, I, I'm I'm wondering if we got the blue wall back or if that's just an anti-Trump wall. And then next next election, when Trump is not involved, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, <laughs> then then that wall might fall again, depending on who the candidate is. Like, I'm wondering if if um, you know those Midwestern states uh, that Hillary lost, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, you know, all of those, if they're solidly blue again or if it's just temporary you know well we'll find uh, out but i think this is a really good reason for us to stay mobilized i think it's also a really good reason for all of us coastal elites to start moving to like you know all of that you know wide open space in the midwest that's <laughs> right well has the democratic party addressed the issues that cause those people to vote for trump in the first place you well, know, we've got to make sure they do. That's the thing is we've got to keep them honest and we've got to make sure that they do. Well, and Maurice, I got to call you out. Like, I don't know if you saw my response to like that, that tweet about Biden building the blue wall and making Trump pay for it. Like, I get it because it's like this big old knockdown between two men or whatever. But like, you know, by now everyone knows that I really hate the history channels, the men who built America. I'm very anti like, like, let's fixate on like one solo figure. So even with Stacey Abrams, who I love, like I like made sure to like remind you, like there's a lot of people working with Stacey Abrams in Georgia and elsewhere, like to get out the vote. Like, yeah, she's amazing. And she's been doing a lot of hustle and a lot of work to get out the vote the last couple of years. And especially being like sort of a figurehead. But we built the blue wall, not Biden. Biden's not an exciting enough candidate to build, to build anything. But also we need to like stop this myth of like the solo white male figure, like being heroic. I mean, it's, I'm calling you out even with Stacey Abrams, who's not, you know, a white man, but we need to stop thinking in terms of individual people. And we need to start focusing on movements. We need to start focusing on like squads, like the squad. We need to start focusing on ourselves and the work that we have to do. Collaborate. We're Americans, Emily. We're yeah. individuals. No. <laughs> rugged individualists. This myth, We're I'm this not myth, a fan of movements. This <laughs> myth that the rugged individual has got to die it has got to die because i mean have- I, I would i would say in in counterposition to that that decentralized movements always fail for a reason and it's because they say we're just going to try and be egalitarian it's the reason why the 99 movement failed horribly you know it's the reason I, I can name movement after movement after movement only the ones that had a very strong leader dr king yeah but know, then he was know. assassinated and what happened well yeah but he made some movement I know, but here's the thing is you cannot have, and he was, he did not act alone. That was a movement. Yeah, he, maybe he was a leader, but there were so many leaders in that movement, right? And then now all of these years later, it's like, he's the only person that we knew for decades. Well, I would argue that it has something to do with the way the human brain works. People are able to coalesce around a figure, whether it's in music, when you go to a show to see a band and it's the lead singer, whether you go to church and there's going to be somebody at the pulpit preaching, whether it's a politician like a Trump who can put on a red hat and make people go nuts for him, that's a lot more effective on, I think, our psychology than nah. look at all these wonderful activists here doing you know, all these things. I think it's Western Christianity, to be honest with you, because we used to have pantheons, right? We used to be able to sort of like, you know, hold multiple ideas and multiple figures in our head and, and you know. Zeus, yeah. baby. I'm a Zeus fan. Big Zeus fan. That big Zeus energy. See, and there you go again, just making it about one solo figure. Like I, I gotta, I gotta cure y'all of this, this fixation. Not just y'all. I'm talking to you, but not just y'all. Like we gotta I'm talking we gotta, to the world through us. So I have a question. Speak, talking to the Western world. Solitary male figures. <laughs> what do y'all think Trump is actually gonna do? Let's say within the next week. I think um, he's gonna the melt major... like the wicked witch. <laughs> I know what he's not going to do. He's not going to get off Twitter. He's not going to stop campaigning. <laughs> he's not going to stop. He's not going to concede. No, I'm talking about even after it's a foregone conclusion. Like three years from now, Trump is still going to be out campaigning. <laughs> Trump is still going to be on Twitter. He, he said it, that. Yeah, he said he, he wants to continue doing his uh, his tour. Yeah, that's what he's going because that's what he loves to do. I mean, that's really all he wanted the presidency for once he got in. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he just wants the adulation. 
just another you know? reason to try him for war crimes because here's the thing is like he's not a war president in theory except he committed basically he engaged in war against the american people essentially so i think that war crimes are fitting how yeah we can't do it how so? Wait, what are you talking um, about? His response to the coronavirus, um, putting all of these immigrant people in cages, like, because he's embroiled us and like he's soiled the American sort of like consciousness by, you know, we permitted that. We allowed that. That happened on our watch. Like all of those things that we want, we, like we looked at in history and be like, that would never happen now. We would never allow something like that to happen now. It happened on our watch. It's happening right now. Like, like there needs to be like there needs to be a freaking um tribunal at the end of this like uh what do you call it what am i thinking of uh, like war, war trial uh, crime like, tribunal like post holocaust they had the nuremberg trials that's what i'm thinking of well you can't do it i mean I you just can't do it I well, think that's a little extreme. I'm not, no, I'm not going to co-sign on that one. Well, but. she is our socialist, you know. She, she's our Marxist here's socialist. So. Here's the one thing going for this plan. He won't be able to tweet from prison. <laughs> oh, he'll find a way. I will say that maybe one of the underreported stories of this election is that to me, in some sense, although Bernie Sanders, again, I'm giving you know, credit to a man here, was extremely successful in bringing some socialist issues to the forefront, $15 minimum wage, for example. I think this election was really a repudiation of the far left, whether it's AOC and people like that, whether it's Bernie himself. I think that America kind of said, yeah, we just want to be like in the middle right now, which is why Biden won. I think I think that Trump probably would have won if it wasn't with the coronavirus, how bad he did there. I think enough people thought he did. I mean, today's um, uh, uh, new, new job numbers, I mean, they're fantastic. These are the highest numbers I've seen since like the, you know, before the Great Recession. So people were thinking, you know what? The money is good. He's annoying. Fine, 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 fine. And I think a lot of people who are like on the far left, um, I think they haven't managed to prove their case to people. I don't think it, well, has, I, it has a lot to do with the fact that once again, Democrats, Democrats are terrible at politics and have branded themselves in a most negative light using socialism. You know, like that, it just has a bad connotation and they're not skillful enough politically to change the connotation, to change the immediate thought in people's minds. So that's why in Florida, Trump was able to go after the Cubans and the Venezuelans who came from actual socialists and communist regimes and, and, uh, you know, win, win their favor, you know, because we just, you know, as Democrats. Hey, 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 but here's the thing. We haven't done a those good job. Those of, aren't actual socialist regimes because that's the thing is those were dictatorships that called themselves socialists. Right. No, but I mean, Venezuela was socialist. I mean, it's, it's like the opposite. I mean, dictatorships are the, literally the opposite of socialist movements, except what I've been talking about this entire time, right? Having like a great, you know, great white father, having like a man who built America, right? Is like, that's. That's like the focus on one individual is a king. It's a freaking dictator. It's like all of these individuals, right? But when we focus on movements of people, when we focus on consensus, right? That is what socialism really is. All right, but that's what they've called themselves. Like we've right. never had a true communist uh, government. Right. But the USSR calls you can themselves call communist. Whatever you want. You can call yourselves whatever you want. That doesn't make you something. No, it doesn't make you, but it makes people believe it. So That's people true. who come from regimes that called themselves socialists and it didn't work out, when you come, when they come to America and you say these people are trying to bring us to socialism, whether yeah. it's actual socialism or not, they're going to say, nah, I don't want that. Like, yeah. I'm not even mad at the people in Florida, like specifically the, the 29% of Latinos who voted for him based on that. Because I remember in 2016, I was there for a conference and I had a cab driver. It was a very long drive. He was like a 22-year-old dude from Venezuela. And he was talking about how beautiful his country was, how much he loved it. And this is before it got really, really bad. He was like, you know, we, we went socialist and we lost everything. And now I'm here in Florida because I had nowhere else to go. And I was like, dude, I feel so sorry for you. And so I understand that. And I think that it's a problem because I listen to a lot of conservative media. Like, even today, I heard Glenn Beck, and I heard uh, uh, Glenn Beck and, oh, Ben Shapiro, right? And so what the argument that they're making right now is, you know, you guys think that this whole fight is over. The socialists are coming for us. This this whole thing is like is like a Manchurian candidate deal. You know, we're going to push Biden out the way, and it's going to be, you know, Harris being followed by AOC and the entire squad. And they believe that. They totally believe that. And they're saying that, 
You know, this is time to hunker down and protect America's freedoms because the left is trying to destroy us. And that's their conversation. And well, I, I mean, think- it's all propaganda though. Whoa, maybe it isn't just when you're leaning close to the computer. Um, I, it's just all propaganda though. We have to be careful of calling out propaganda when we see it, right? Gaslighting as, as you know, propaganda is essentially gaslighting. Um, you know, well, here's a question, if I can ask. I think we're dealing with a little bit of subtle reverse propaganda right now because none of these um, news agencies want to call the election right now, even though they should have all called the entire thing. They should have called Pennsylvania, absolutely. They should probably called Georgia and probably they should all have called Arizona other than just AP and Fox. And I really feel like this is one of those examples when the veil is being lifted. Like, I don't trust any media. I'm just too cynical for that. So anything I watch, even democracy now, I'm kind of like, yeah, you can tell me a story right now. And it's clear to me that they've all made a decision. Like Roxanne Gay says, maybe it's because they're trying to keep the ratings up. If they don't like announce who it is, I'm not going that far. But I'm saying that clearly they've made a calculation that they don't want to announce it right now, either to keep things calm and to get more evidence to show that Biden is winning. Something is going on that's not based on evidence and facts. Biden has already won. So why haven't they called it? To me, that's very mysterious. And I just have questions about that. Right. Well, you know, interesting is that they're going to be going to runoffs in Georgia for their um, senatorial candidates. And I don't know if you guys have seen, at least on Twitter, I saw a big... um, a big push for this that YA authors are going to start volunteering to reach out to um, 17 year olds who are turning 18 um, before the um, to try to like get people registered like new voters registered because I think it's like December 4th is like the cutoff for the registration for the runoff election so they're like okay let's get them in today was the deadline in Georgia by 5 p.m. to um, check on your on your ballot, your provisional ballot. And so there was big pushes to like um, encourage Georgia voters to double check on their provisional ballots, um, to cure any errors in their provisional ballots so that they could be counted. Um, so there, I mean, there is still a lot to, to be done just to make it a landslide. I think I think people, I think everyone is kind of like the 2000 election is kind of echoing in everybody's heads. You know, so I think everybody's a trying to be careful, b trying to keep the ratings up. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I mean, I think all of those agendas kind of align. You know, they don't want to get, they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to call it and be wrong. You know, like Fox did. <laughs> um, you know, um, they don't want the backlash from that, but they also like probably appreciate that people are glued. You know, glued to the to the returns and are like desperate to know what happens. They probably appreciate the ratings. I want to, um, I want to get a ruler out, like in a Catholic school, and I want to go around the entire country, smacking on the wrist every single person who waited less than fourteen days after the election to mail in their ballot. They knew what was happening. They knew that the post office would slow down. They knew this was going to be a high turnout election, and they still waited to like Saturday to send their things in, or even Monday in some cases. I don't know what's up with that. I think that is idiotic, but. It was part of the system this time, whatever. Not everyone is as civically responsible as you are, Maurice. Ooh, makes me, <laughs> I'm so annoyed by that. <laughs> it's so interesting to see you bummed out by something and annoyed by something because usually you're so positive. Um, it kind of makes me want to be a contrarian too and just be like, well, there's a lot of reasons why people, you know, I don't know. No, there's legit a ton of reasons why people you know, we're waiting till the last minute. I mean, there's a lot of life going on right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, well, my favorite thing on that note is apparently one of Trump's advisors told him like in the last day or two, you know, Mr. President, when you told people that they couldn't trust mail-in ballots, you deactivated a lot of your older supporters who were afraid to go to the polls because of the coronavirus or even just traditionally they would mail in their ballots. And so you probably lost some people by saying that. And I find that to be the most hilarious thing, that his chaotic energy that he's always brought is really finally starting to boomerang back on him from different angles. And it, I'm just laughing my butt off watching. He killed some of his voters, too. Yeah, I put, I put that on Twitter. I said, yeah. and it was kind of morbid, but I'm certain he lost like 1% of his vote. You know, just, they weren't alive anymore. The zombies <laughs> can't vote. So what are you going to do? You know, what's so funny is I think they need to, I need the audience needs to turn uh, Twitter into a drinking game anytime one of us mentions Twitter, but specifically Maurice. Uh, Take a shot. My realm. <laughs> As Marius is doing right now. What, what are you drinking? My greatest power on Twitter is my realm. <laughs> drinking some fizzy water right there. <laughs> 
All right. So, um, so we think probably it's not going to get called until Monday. Is is, is there a consensus amongst us? Again, some sometime next week. Sometime next week. Yeah, and then I mean, like, do you think we're going to see some civil unrest? Do you think um, it's going to get been, dragged out? People have been saying civil war. I don't think it's going to be a civil war. I'm thinking more like a civil skirmish here or there, you know. But I don't think it's going to be anything too serious. Um, I mean, if you're in some red areas with a Biden sign, you might want to <laughs> you might hey, want to lock Alex, your door, stay Alex, inside for a few days. <laughs> take down your Biden signs, Alex. <laughs> just until I mean, it's you know, just for now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, I think I think eventually it'll blow over. I think the problem is not short term. I think it's a long term issue of all the people that have been activated by his behavior since Charlottesville, even before that, with Mexican rapist comments and, and things that Fox pushed out about sanctuary cities and those kinds of things. I think that there are people who have now bought more guns, they've joined militias, they have this mentality of taking their country back, whatever that means to them. And I think that you know that may create a new generation of like Timothy McVeigh's and mm-hmm. people who have that mindset that they have to they have to attack America to save America. We What's saw Michigan. Good? And so, you know, I, I just I worry about that, but I can't really say what's gonna happen because it's just well, it's kind, of like, it's kind of like how having a black president emboldened racists, right, in opposition. So having like a democratic president who's try- just trying to get things done for the country might make them feel, well, first they've been emboldened by the last four years, but then now they're feeling disenfranchised, you know. But there, I mean, I don't know what to do about that. I mean, with, you know, barring a, a time machine and going back in time and, and, you know, preventing Trump from ever like being on, you know, The Apprentice. <laughs> like, because I don't think he could have run for president if he hadn't been on The Apprentice. I mean, like, he might have run for president, but he wouldn't have had like the name recognition, you know? I don't know. I wonder um, how is he going to avoid prosecution in New York? That's one question I have. I wonder what's happening with his like tax issues. I wonder how's he going to continue making money if he can't keep putting himself in front of the the audience. Oh, and by the way, um, I am still shocked that neither Obama or Trump, while in office, they're near four years or, or eight years for Obama, neither one of them got like shot in. I, I, I'm really, because people have been violent in this country for a long time. We've had a lot of presidents get attacked. And these were two of our most controversial presidents for different reasons. And yeah. so I want to give a shout out to this one guy in the Secret Service, and I'm kidding, to the entire organization. They've done you can't name job. the one guy. You can't name the one guy because then you endanger him. No, I think you and I talked about this actually. Like for most of Obama's first term, especially like the first year, I was like every time I saw him speak publicly, like I was terrified. Yeah, I was, terrified. I was very nervous for him. And when they walked, it was I think at the inaugur at at his first inauguration, didn't him and Michelle walk down yes. the block or whatever? I was like, oh my god, yeah. please don't do that. Please, <laughs> please go inside. <laughs> yeah, take cover, take cover. And like we're laughing, but like that's so messed up that like you know a a black man takes you know takes a, an elected position in two thousand and four, two thousand and four, two thousand and yeah. <laughs> 2008. 2008 yeah 2008 in 2008 a black man takes an elected position and we all have to fear for his life you know because we know that there are hateful reactionaries out there well i mean and the thing about it is like you know i think i told you i was listening to this uh presidential um elections podcast it's called wicked games and so you know a little shot of them but it's really cool because you it's funny when you think about it i think it's like this is going to be the wrong number, but it's like 10% of the presidents were assassinated or something like that. I mean, that's a lot of presidents. You got JFK, and you got Garfield, you got Lincoln. And so it's almost like a rare thing when that doesn't come. When they try to get Reagan, you know, even in the past 40 years. And they, they, almost, they, they actually shot him. He just happened to survive that time. So, you know. To be fair, all four presidents that got shot were shot before there was like um, – uh, security. You can yes. like literally just walk into the walk White right House up. and go talk to the president. Yes. Hey, which one of you? Okay, so it looks like four out of 45 U.S. presidents have been, ass- I had to Google this. This well, is, it is 10%. This is, so it is. It's, a, it's 9.3. It's 9.3% of presidents have been assassinated. Wow. It's still not the most dangerous job in America, though. Any job that requires you to drive for a living is like way more dangerous than that. Like, you know, anybody that's on the road regularly for work, especially truck drivers. Mm -hmm. 
truck driver is like one of the most dangerous and like garbage collectors, you know, and all that stuff. Those are some of the most dangerous jobs in the world because of all of our awful traffic and traffic accidents and fatalities. My prediction is that um, whoever, whatever moving company comes to move uh, the Trump family stuff out of the White House will probably get stiffed or like, like a bounce check. That's how they operate. Yeah, Con so Conan O'Brien had a, had a tweet about that. <laughs> he was like, hey, movers, get the money first. Get the money up front. <laughs> I saw that. Didn't I send I that agree. to y'all? <laughs> I think you did. I, I had seen it, but yeah, you did send it. <laughs> Let's give credit where credit is due. <laughs> I sent it to y'all, but it's still not my thought. <laughs> hey, you know, it's material, right? We're just doing the material. I suppose so. So how many times did you just say Twitter, like for everyone who's trying to keep up? Hmm. Three. Three. I think it was three. What did you just look up? <laughs> oh, so, I mean, I shouldn't say like my favorite, but I mean, one of the most interesting assassinations, I think it's Garfield. Maybe it's, I mean, it's maybe the wrong one, but it's like Jadi said, he was, yeah, I think this is right. So so Garfield is just like walking into a place to do a thing. And then this guy shows up and tries to shoot him. And he actually does shoot him. And like the White House, like, like waiter slash bodyguard, like the guy who was like cooking the meals, but also just hanging out, like captures the guy and like just beats him, like beats the snot out of him. But of course he's too insane to present. And by the way, that guy was a black guy who got out. So just, there's a lot of history in assassinations in this country. And I just, I am kind of thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all these activists. I'm thankful for the things that have worked out well. The fact that we had the highest turnover election ever, that we actually, you know, upheld our civic duty to, to make our voices heard, that um, there are more votes this time than ever, and also a higher percentage of people voted than ever before. And also, <laughs> President Trump, look, <laughs> those two um, votes against him for Hillary and for Biden means that Trump is the most voted against person in the history of humanity, which I also enjoy. <laughs> He's been repudiated on a huge scale. And then on top of that, it's clear that in some cases, people who voted for Republicans lower on the ticket, like lower on the ballot, voted against Trump because apparently he underperformed with some, with, in some red areas where it's like they, they voted for like their Republican senator or their Republican House person. And then Biden actually outperformed some Democrats on House ballots, apparently, because they lost, but he won. So, so you know, there were good things happening here. There, there were good things happening. At what point do we think that the Republicans, formerly more moderate Republicans, are going to turn against Trump when, you know, we he's pretty much out of office it's at this point? It's already happened. I mean, it's already started, right? A you couple think of they've them turned have... against him? Well, I mean... I think that I think they're just waiting for it to be that weren't there like a couple of like one or two people like who was it there was somebody in the White House that had basically said oh that said that there will be a peaceful transition of power did you guys see that who said well, McConnell that? said it one did McConnell say that he said it like two weeks ago he said I know Trump's saying all these things but there will be a new president inaugurated on January 20th as they have been since the very first day we were a nation and then Pat Toomey I think last night, who's a senator from, I can't remember where, he said, hey, these comments are not cool. Mitt Romney said the same basic thing, these comments are not cool. Um, but for wait, me, wait, wait. White, House economic, White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow on Friday predicted there will be a, tr a peaceful transition of power if President Trump loses the election. That's curious. That is very curious. Mm -hmm. Who, who's taking Trump out? Somebody's gonna have to like knock him over the head and drag him out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. He's not gonna agree. Who's with gonna be doing that? <laughs> uh, should be interesting days. Well, there's like a like a poll going on. Like, which Trump person is gonna have to tell him that he lost for real and it's time to go? So is okay. it Jared? We should probably wrap this up since we've been talking for almost an hour. But let's end on that note. Like, why don't you guys each say, would you want that job or not want that job? Telling Trump that he lost. <laughs> I would love I would love 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 love, love. I, just, I would like have like this monologue memorized like five minutes long just just all the things man like you just I would just go off I would feel so pure at the end of this conversation I just I would just walk out again I wouldn't even like wait for his answer 
I think you should write that you monologue, but why don't you think you about have it? You a monologue? I'd just say, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> My man. It's almost too easy to be good, but it's still good. <laughs> it is, it's, 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 it's great. Great. So wait, wait. So Jody, would you like to have that job though? Like, would you volunteer for that job if if the opportunity was could be yours? Well, how much are they paying me? You know? <laughs> You're probably not getting well, paid. I um, I wouldn't mind doing it. You know, I I don't. I honestly don't relish. Um, like he he seems like the type that would throw a fit, and you know he he'd whine and rant and all of that. And honestly, I don't want to hear any of that. All you have <laughs> so, to do is just tell him to put his big boy pants on. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see a grown man cry and throw a hissy fit and all oh, of that. I, you know? <laughs> so. I want to see. I want to see an old, you know, like white man who thinks that the rules don't apply to him. I want to see him cry. He's gonna have snot running down his nose. Here, Mr. President, here, take take this handkerchief, You're please. Wipe your kind. nose. <laughs> You're way too kind. You're embarrassing kind. yourself, sir. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, and then also. So um, transportation workers are 40% of all workplace deaths, FYI. Mm. Well, I'm glad I'm out of that job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I went and looked up that quote um, or that, that statistic. Well, that on that like morbid note. note. I know that seems like a weird <laughs> note to end on. I mean, I wish well, you look, okay, here's something a little bit lighter than that. Okay. Um, I'm extremely happy that we got our first woman in the White House, vice president, Right, Kamala Harris, first black, first Asian, first woman. This is an example of the entire world changing for the better. Um, I'm just overjoyed that all these girls and women throughout the world can see this. That in this nation, which I, I still think is a great nation, somebody like her is right there, and you know, she has a good shot of being president one day. So this is this is great. So, Jody, you got You got anything to say to that? No, I mean, I, I think I think that's a cool it. thing. I'm um I will be looking forward to the day when we don't have to make mention of those types of things, you know. Um, but obviously we're not there yet. I'm there because honestly, I didn't even think to bring it up. I'm like, okay, yeah, we have a politician who's going to be their vice president. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be happy when <laughs> when we're at that point where it's it's so regular and normal that we don't have to mention it. Yeah. yeah. No, but it is it is um, it but, is influential because you you know right like representation matters and it's hard to be something you don't no, see. No, it definitely does. Yeah. No, well, yeah, without question. One of the conversations I had with one of our guests, I can't remember which one it was, was that one thing I really appreciated about the democratic um debates was that there were several women involved in them because and they were so different each of them was so different so it could never get to that point that happens when there's only one woman running for something where it becomes about her voice or it becomes about how she's dressed or it becomes about her hair and is she too sexy or is she not sexy enough does she annoy us with her you know strident voice and her like you know opinionated i you know stances and all that stuff it could never become about that because there were more than one woman there was more than one woman in the race and that is something i think that was even more than kamala harris being our vp which is is influential it's hugely influential i think having like um a major party nomination process involve more than one woman i hope that that changes the game moving forward. I think we all, I hope we always have more than one woman so that it, moving forward, it's like women feel more confident about running because they're not going to get attacked in the same way that they've always been attacked. I mean, they were still attacked like on, on social media and Twitter, but at least it wasn't, it wasn't the way that it had been. Because our team is boring. They're hard to attack and that's how we want. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a strategy, be boring so they can't attack you. I mean, seriously, it's, it's like Trump was a hurricane and everybody who tried to fight the hurricane got chewed up. And then you're sitting there like, a, you know, a couple of mannequins. It's like, I mean, <laughs> I can't think of my bear rabbit in, in, the, in the tar baby. You know that, Jody, yeah. right? You know, uh, yeah. I know I it thinking, too. I just kept thinking about like, Trump like trying to like punch him, like getting his hands stuck in there. It's like, quit, I can't get loose. 
Just don't, it's the same thing. You can't fight somebody who's not going to do, who's not going to act crazy like you act. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, right. Because we couldn't have that cult of personality thing, right? Like the closest thing we had was like Kanye, maybe, yep. you know, and he got into the race maybe too late and he was just too polarizing or whatever. But, you know, I think, I mean, I can't believe I'm arguing for the cult of personality here, but I think that was actually the thing that hurt Biden the most was that he, he you know, like he didn't have that sort of like, you know, charismatic factor that people voted for Obama for. I mean, on the one hand, yeah, we're a little, we're a little exhausted from charisma, you know, but on the other hand, you kind of need, you need a balance. You need a balance of like follow through and charisma with like intelligence and, and experience, I think. I'm shocked Biden won. I think Biden proves never give up on your dreams. He's been running for president <laughs> since like 1980. <laughs> Dude. And he finally got it. <laughs> I got so many dreams that I feel like I can try again now, even though I'm older. Like, I want to run a five-minute mile before I die. I'm going to try that. I'm going to keep trying until I get it. He's so inspirational. Never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> okay. So all of the little white boys in the world can know that they too can do anything that they put their minds to if they just stick it with it hard enough. I think that was a message that was sorely lacking. And and now it's been it's been since. White, white boys need inspiration too. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> Primo snark. Primo snark. Okay, well, yeah, you know what? As someone who cares very deeply about uh, a former, you know, little white boy who is now an, a, a white man, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, it is important. I mean, representation is important for everybody. You know, we all need to know that that our, our dreams are possible. But yeah, like, I, I don't think this is like... Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's rep good representation for 70-year-olds. I don't know. I'm shedding <laughs> a I'm tear. for our first robot Biden. president. <laughs> what did you just say, Maurice? I didn't hear you. I want our first cyborg president. We got, like, you know, women. I'm ready for, like, a cyborg president or something like that. Cyborg oh. rights. Cyborg lives cyborg matter. Rights. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I almost made a joke there that I, I couldn't come back from, so I, I chose not to. Save the uh, the X-ray stuff for like the primo primo um, <laughs> version of the show. Okay, well, we literally are at an hour now, so one of you say something really great for our outro, and then and then I'll just cut off the recording. <laughs> I guess it's on me. I got to do it right. Okay, so this is our our last live episode for this election week. Um, we might have some more content for you guys, bonus content in the next month, but look for episode nine um, and the week of, it'll be November 24th that we hope to launch that episode. And it'll be about America's original sin and indigenous voices and perspectives. Um, so I'm looking forward to bringing, to doing that research and bringing that to you in those interviews. Cause I think that it'll be a really good episode. Civics, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for joining me and Jadi Maurice. I think you're pretty much just on the show now. I've I've snuck you in. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> I want to take a nap now. Oh yeah, me too. All right, Joe. All right, good night. Later. Good night, old man. <laughs>